Okay, uh, welcome to What Would Jesus Watch? My name is Alex Dorio, and I am, of course, joined by the lovely and talented Kate Dorio. How are you doing? Wonderful. Wonderful? I just had popcorn. How could I be any better? We just wolfed down a giant bowl of popcorn. Last about 25 seconds. Because we didn't want to eat it on the podcast, and smack our lips and crunch that popcorn, but now we're here. We're ready. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure if this is going to be the first episode or not, uh, but just in case, uh, I thought we could talk a little bit about what this podcast is going to be about. I want to thank you for downloading it and giving us a little bit of your time, and hopefully uh, we make it interesting, we make it funny, make you think a little bit. So the idea for this podcast is that, um, there's a few things, uh, there's one podcast out there, I'm really into podcasts, and one that I really like is called How Did This Get Made? And what they do on that podcast is they look at historically bad movies, basically. They they break them down, they, they ask the question, how did this movie get made? What are all the things that are uh, bad about it? What are all the things that are great about it? How can we still enjoy things that are notoriously bad? So that got me thinking, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of movies that they don't really touch on on that podcast. Uh, one in particular that came out last year called Left Behind, starring Nicolas Cage, which Kate and I happen to do a podcast about uh, for my blog, Pop God. Um, we reviewed that movie, but I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of Christian movies out there, a lot of faith-based movies. They really exploded over the past... 10 years or so since The Passion of the Christ came out and it was such a big hit and opened up that whole market. Uh, and that other movie, uh, Facing the Giants, uh, kind of set the stage. Kirk Cameron and all his productions have laid the groundwork for this flood of Christian movies. You go to a Christian bookstore and now there's a giant DVD section where there didn't ever used to be one. I used how to work at a Christian you, uh, bookstore. How much do you wish that existed when you worked at a Christian bookstore? Well, I don't know. Maybe we could find some new movies there, but uh, there would have just been more stuff to do when I worked there. So I'm glad it wasn't there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, a lot of these Christian movies, and quite frankly, a lot of them are not that great. Uh, so I thought well, maybe we could talk about some of these Christian movies on a podcast. Give them some love that they don't deserve because quite frankly a lot of them don't get talked about at all either. You don't see them reviewed, that a lot of them don't even come out in theaters but they're out there. There's a really a huge market for them for families and churches and things like that. So that's what I want this podcast to be. I don't want it to necessarily be a just us laughing at Christian movies because honestly I admire Christian filmmakers out there, Christian actors, Christian writers, people who are trying to infuse their faith into entertainment. I feel like Hollywood really underserves that market and doesn't always, I mean, hardly ever represents faith and Christianity really well. So I appreciate that there's a subsection of people that are trying to bring it out and, and trying to represent Jesus in pop culture. I mean, that's what I do try to do on my blog, so I appreciate that there's filmmakers out there. But I also think it's kind of our job as fellow Christians to call people out and, and, and critique and help people to get better. Because I think our message out there could be better. 
there are some really good Christian movies out there, and so we'll review those, too. We want to talk about the highs and the lows and the just, huh, uh, of Christian movies out there. All of it. We want to get to all of it. So this is, I want to just, you know, flat out say, this is not going to be Kate and I bashing bad Christian movies. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk about the movies that we see, what we liked, what didn't work, what did work, uh, how could they be better, you know, things like that. And hopefully we'll do it in a way that's entertaining, hopefully a way that's funny. I don't know, you guys let us know. So, do you think that explains it pretty well, Kate? Covered all of the bases. All of the bases. We should watch a baseball Christian movie. I'm sure that I, I just saw one advertised today. I start. I was I was liking and, and following Christian movie companies, and there's one that's coming out from the same company that brought there's us one with the movie. Kurt Cameron on there. Netflix. Oh, is there? That might have been the one I was looking at. I don't know. Uh, brought to you by the same company that brought us so many of these Christian movies that are available on Netflix. Funny thing, they're actually all. Um, uh, most of them are produced by a company called Pure Flix. F-L-I-X, and a lot of them either star or are directed by a guy named David A.R. White, who is like the Tyler Perry of this company, basically. He is the guy who's seen in the very last scene of this movie that we watched today, and he also directed this movie, which is called The Encounter. So this movie came out in 2010. It's available on Netflix for free. I believe it's on YouTube. I think I saw today for free. So there's a lot of ways you can watch it. Oh, thank goodness. Sorry, I definitely thought that David A.R. White was black and you were calling him the Tyler Perry. No, what I mean is he's just, he has this I just had to Google him. Alex was being legitimate, not racist. I thought I'd clarify that. David A.R. White is a white man, but he his job is like Tyler Perry's. That's what I was saying. Yeah, okay. That's what I was saying. <laughs> just clarifying that he wasn't the only black guy in these things. Uh, so, yeah. That was Alex telling me that I'm too loud for this podcast. I didn't say anything. It was silent. Yeah, well, exactly. That's the idea. So, anyway, The Encounter. Uh, if you've ever wanted a movie that tells you exactly what type of movie it is right in the middle of it, then this is the movie for you. And, and what I mean by that is that there is a scene in the middle of this film where one of the characters describes being invited by her friend to a Christian film festival wherein she saw a movie there which touched her life. Well, she first didn't. of all, she says, she says, I got invited to a movie by my friend. So it's like she didn't even know. Yes, it, it was a... Her friend ambushed her. That's what you call it. Ambush Christianity. Ambush Christianity. She was like, hey, want to go to the movies? She's like, yeah, sure. And then they're at the movies. And it's a Christian film festival. And they show a scene of a pastor giving a message at this festival. No, there's a, the pastor is in the movie theater. Yeah, he's yeah, after right. the movie. Right after the after movie. After they show this movie, there's church, and that's the movie. the movie telling you exactly what type of movie it aspires to be, and you can tell that as you're watching it. You can tell that this movie was made specifically to be shown at outreach events. Subtlety is not important. To no, this no, 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 no. Uh, so, so, Kate, what did you think of this movie? I think that the biggest standout is the unbelievable amount of the lack of discretion that is used. Lack of discretion or lack of subtlety? 
about the same thing? I guess. Not really. No. <laughs> Discretion. I have a computer. I can look that up. Well, I, guess, I mean, they're not discreet about things, I guess, is what you're That's what trying to say. That's an interesting way to say it. Uh, Lack of discretion is a term. Well, to basically to sum it all up, uh, they're... <laughs> discretion. D first definition. The quality of being discreet. Okay, well, yeah. Shame on me. Teaching I guess you things. Were right. You're the author of the family. I am not. Anyway, there you the go. most appalling thing about this movie is their lack of discretion about pretty much anything. Here are some quotes from uh, Jesus. Well, I don't well, know. Do let, we want to do let's quotes? tell them what the general plot of the movie is. Okay. So there's five characters, basically, uh, that end up at a diner, uh, end up by chance, all at the same diner, and the diner is run... Wait, it's called The Last Chance Diner. It is. We'll get to that. We'll get to why it's called that in the name of the diner. But the diner is run by Jesus. And they try to call him Jesus at first, and he's like, nope, it's Jesus. Yes, it's not a symbolic Jesus. It's not, no, not some all. guy that represents Jesus. He literally has a name tag on his shirt that says Jesus. Jesus? No, it's Jesus. Yes, they make that joke, obviously, of course, as soon as they come in there. And Jesus looks like uh, the guy who runs the diner from Gilmore Girls, basically, without oh a baseball hat. Oh my gosh, he looks like 15 years older than Luke Danes is who he's speaking of. <laughs> It'd be a much better movie if he played Jesus. Way less attractive. Luke Danes would be so much better at this and a much more believable Jesus. Well, he's I not bad. I prefer my he's... Jesus to be attractive. Well, I mean, they do say in the scriptures that Jesus was not attractive. He was just an average-looking guy, and that that's what—that's what this Jesus looked like. And he was fine. He—he he plays Jesus in a lot of different things. I would like to say though that you told me to not be specific, but while we're talking about what Jesus looks like, I very specifically have in my notes from the minute we realize he's actually Jesus. Has this actor ever played a racist or a perp on Law & Order Special Victims Unit? He could have easily done that. Easily. Like, when he's not filming these movies, he could be a perp on Law & Order SVU. And I would know because I've watched, like, 60% of those episodes. They make Jesus awfully creepy at a lot of instances. He's like super creepy. Well, basically, the, the, these five characters end up in this diner all because of their various circumstances in life. And it's a very mysterious diner. And Jesus just happens to know all these different things about him. The, the, the people in the diner are not sure that he's actually Jesus. So it, it, it's like he's led them there mysteriously. If You, you could easily feel like you're watching a horror movie or that, a, a Saw that. film or something like says, that. The beginning says, this is how many horror movie starts. Yet here we are with Jesus in a diner. Yeah. So, so the plot is them in this diner all kind of working out their different mm -hmm. beliefs. And they're, they're all at various stages of belief uh, mm -hmm. and faith in Jesus at this time. They all have their issues, and Jesus helps them work through them in this magical night at the diner. Magical so that, that's the general plot. Now You forgot the antagonist of the story. And who would that be? That would be Officer DeVille. Yes. Spelled out. Yeah, DeVille. Spelled like D-E-V-I-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Don't spoil it. We'll, we'll get to the ending in a second. So Officer DeVille, yes, is the protagonist. Antagonist. Antagonist. Gosh, Excuse you me. are the writer in the family. Mm -hmm. 
And who is he? Who's his character? He is the highway patrolman who originally tells these five people that you can't come down this road. It's closed because of the bad storm. And so they that's how they all end up at the diner. That's so how the movie starts. One of the characters is walking alone down this road. And the rest of them all pass by her one by one. It's It's like... I guess they're trying to do, like, the Good Samaritan story a little bit. Oh, that's a good reference. I mean, there's a little bit of subtlety there. There are some nice it's touches subtle. in it's this movie. It's subtle until the one girl that picks her up, her car comes along, and you hear, pick her up, which is obviously <laughs> God whispering in her brain. Right, right. Yeah, they throw subtlety out the window there. Um, that's, like, 30 seconds into the movie. Right. Um, so the officer tells them... Does he tell them that the diner is back down the road? How do they all remember. find out about the diner? I don't think so, but I don't remember. Okay. So Why would he send them to the diner? I don't know. That's a good question. I can't remember if he did or not. It wouldn't make sense for him to. Um, Which we will later reveal why. Right. So they all end up at the Last Chance Diner. Um, Which looks like it's in the 50s. It is. And... and None of them saw it on the way in. Yes, that's true. It wasn't there on the way in, but when they go back, they run into it. And they all talk about... Uh, they, they do mention that there was a diner there 50 years ago, but it closed up. Mm-hmm. And it's in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing else around. It's like they're in the Everglades. It looks like some swamp or something, and this diner appears. That's exactly something that I noted, that they're driving down this dirt road... Okay, there's five people and all these fancy cars, some of them. They're driving them down a dirt road. I'm like, why are you all driving down this dirt road? Not just a dirt road, guys. It's like a dirt road through the woods. Why are you driving down a dirt road? What state are you in? Are you in Wyoming? Right. Where are you? Never say anything about that. Which is, it's, yeah. not, it does, it's not a highway. It's not a place that people need to be driving in the middle of the night. And none of them are from the area. So it makes no sense. Yes, so they get to the diner, and they, they meet Jesus there. Jesus says, that state trooper's been trying to keep people out of my diner for years. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> they, here's where they really amp up all these metaphors and everything. That uh, Jesus tells them all to sit down, uh, and they all, wants them all to order. And this One of them orders a Coke or something, oh, and Jesus says, all I serve here is water. They basically all look at him like it's an idiot. Yes, that. If if you're thinking, are we gonna hit every possible cliche? If you're thinking, well, they're at a diner and Jesus is the is the waiter. Is there a scene where they have an empty bread basket and Jesus multiplies the bread in there? Then you are absolutely correct. That absolutely oh. happens at a scene in here. Um, <laughs> so, well, I guess we should talk about who all these different characters are. They're all bringing some different baggage into this diner. Let's take one at a time. Well, the main one, which I didn't go. even realize until we started watching the movie. In case you didn't know, backstory about Alex Dorio. Huge wrestling fan. Yes. So much to his surprise, one of the main characters is played by... Is played by Sting. Not Sting... As in, Roxanne. No. No, the professional wrestler Sting. No makeup or anything. Uh, I always knew he was a Christian and uh, read his book, uh, his autobiography. I mean, he's of been a Christian for a long time. But this is my first time seeing him as an actor. He's okay. He's not bad. He, he brings a lot of uh, his professional wrestling 
uh, gravitas to the role, I would say. I think he's pretty good at it. He plays a football player named Crusher Cuschetti, which... Oh, you look that one. Why didn't they just let him play a wrestler? I mean... <laughs> Basically, if they're gonna give him that name and have him be in there, because there. because of what he does. Well, he he could have been injured as a wrestler, mm. um, but he is the uh, he's the rich, proud person in the movie, and they talk about his struggles with pride. Yes. Later on, he has retired from the NFL after twelve seasons and owns a chain of three thousand burger restaurants everybody recognizes him in the diner he's a big deal uh, so that's what he's struggling with the other people are a well I'm gonna talk about the girls okay so this random hitchhiker we're talking about is a young girl named Kayla Kayla she looks like she's what like maybe 15 or 16 yeah she's supposed to she's, be a she's, teenager she's the dummy hitchhiking on this dirt road in the woods in the middle of the night and she's all upset that nobody's picking her up I specifically wrote, this is how you die, you dumb girl, but whatever. So, the girl, and she gets picked up by the other girl who God whispered in her in her brain. And her name is Mich- Melissa. And, um... She's played by Jackie Velasquez. Who, who is apparently... A, she's like a Christian singer. Yes. Uh, she's been in a few... I'd, heard, I'd actually heard of her. I didn't know what she looked like, but I had heard that Wikipedia name Wikipedia says, American actress and contemporary Christian and Latin pop singer. There you go. Okay. So, anyway, so, Melissa... But she doesn't play that, obviously. She plays, like, this, you know... 20-something-year-old girl driving... Oh, she's driving to meet her boyfriend up in the mountains or something like that. Who's going to propose to her, She basically. thinks. She doesn't know that. Right. Well, she's pretty sure. And that that's a big deal later on. But but she's basically... She's I guess she's the, the most... She's the most Christian. She's the most Christian because there are degrees. Yeah. Most and least I guess she is almost. a Christian. I think she she's is the Christian. only one who actually... She's the one that went to the film festival, is, so they work. Yes. Apparently. Yes. Uh, and then the other two. We have a married couple. We have uh, Hank and Catherine who are fighting, and that's why they miss the hitchhiker on their road. And <laughs> Catherine tells Hank in the car she wants a divorce uh, at the very beginning of the movie. And Hank is the most Charlie Browniest, Charlie Brown, sad sack character. He basically just hangs his head throughout the entire movie. And he he's talks like six like eight, this. and he has the worst posture. Yes, he's and he's just, just the pitiful. saddest character I've ever seen. Just pitiful. I, I wanted somebody to put him out of his misery at some point. Pretty much. Um, let me give you a description uh, of him. Actually, we have a clip uh, from the movie that we can sh- use to describe Hank. Uh, this is probably my favorite line in the entire movie. Um, well, once they get to the diner, they're all kind of setting the stage for what all their baggage is. Uh, in the movie and that's where oh yes uh once they figure out what's going on that uh this crazy guy named jesus is running this diner crusher cuchetti decides he's gonna leave and Catherine, hank's wife decides she's gonna leave with him uh so they can get out of this place and they're gonna try to drive somewhere else so uh here's hank's response after his wife leaves with sting Thanks a lot, Jesus. My wife just left me. 
She was going to leave you anyway, Hank. Yeah, but don't worry. She'll be back. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jesus. My wife just left me. And then Jesus says, eh, she was going to leave me anyway. <laughs> but he does promise that How she'll comforting. be back. Yeah, real comforting, Jesus. Well, they don't get far. They, they eventually, they, they don't even leave because I think his car wasn't working for some reason. The storm was so bad. They run out in the pouring rain and then come right back. Yeah, they come right back in. Um, and Jesus starts taking everybody's orders for food. <laughs> they all order different things. So Jesus doesn't give them a menu, but he tells them, I guess they, what, what is the deal with that? He basically just says, like, they're like, can I look at a menu? And I think he does give some of them a menu, I think. Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, so I just remember him asking Melissa, and she's like, what do you think I want? And he's like, I think you want, like, something like a porterhouse steak with... Steak tips. Steak tips with mashed potatoes and blah, 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 blah. And like I said, he says it in a really creepy way. She goes, mmm, that's exactly what my mother used to make me. How did you know? For or her birthday. Like, oh! So her mother made her, her every birthday. year for her birthday. He's like, that's because she loves you. And she, yeah, anyway, just really weird. Um, he gives, and then, first of all, not first of all, but I would just like to point out that, like, three out of five of them order steak. There's a lot of steak in this diner. Like, and a burrito. He, there is a lot of expensive steak in this diner. And also, he never goes back to cook any of it. He just goes back to okay. check on it once and then... Get it and eventually. It, it took him an hour. It took him the whole movie for I someone in the kitchen to make it. We hit an hour in the movie. They ordered their food about ten minutes in, and they didn't get their food till an hour in. About I mean, that's not through. very Jesus-like. No. Uh, to no. <laughs> he's supposed to be feeding our needs and everything. About halfway and he through, these I have. With where food. is all the steak? I kept wondering that through the through the whole main portion of the movie. But when they do get their food, what do you think they say? Oh, no. I don't even want to talk about this. This is weird. What's what's weird? They all say... He finally brings out the food, and they're, like, all, like... Like, what's the word? Um, it's all the best food they've ever had. No, what's the what's the word for, like... Not seduction, but, like... Like, uh... Like, sexually into their food? No, I'm not trying to <laughs> say it like that. Turned on by their food? No, it's just, like, they're just... Like, oh, I don't even know. They're making, like, commercial faces. Like, About their food. They're, like, eating a Wendy salad or something. Which is exactly what like, you thought ridiculous. was going to happen. But no, Every, they that's also... That's the thing with the movie is everything you think is going to happen, everything you're like, oh, I, they're definitely going to do that. Oh, that would be so cheesy if they did that. They do. Like, every possible thing. At one point, Jesus shows them the wounds on his wrist. Oh the gosh. scars from well, the no, crucifixion. That happened. But the food, All they specifically that. say... The bet. This is the best I've ever tasted, and they say it just like that. They say that about each thing. This is the each best salad I've ever that. had. This yeah. is the best burrito I've ever yeah. had. So if you're ever wondering if Jesus makes a perfect burrito, it's apparent he does. I think he actually works for Chipotle. Takes him forever, but he does do it. Um. He then they ask him something like, "What are you eating, or what's your favorite food?" And I would just like to point out that Jesus replies, "My food is serving my Father." I just Lots about fell out like on the that. floor. He says a lot of things like that. It More feels... things he says like that are, um, well, I'm Jesus. I know everything. And it was my father's idea. 
it, it feels like we're watching a Christian play. That, that's what that's this true. felt like. That's what the staging of it felt like. It all takes place very confined in this diner, except for the very beginning and the very end and a few flashbacks, but they're all contained in there. Um, one person will go have a conversation with Jesus for 10 minutes yeah, while everyone just else chilling. just watches, and then they'll get down and walk away. Jesus will walk to the other person. Like I almost feel like it'd be better to watch this whole thing as a play. It, it's not... It's not the worst idea for a story in the world. It's, um, I'm, I mean, I was going to ask you this. Do you, do you think this movie would work if it wasn't a Christian movie? Do you know what I mean? Like, if, what if would it be the wasn't, point of it? Well, if it wasn't so blatant about this guy is Jesus, if it was just like a bunch of random people kind of met at a diner and all were having to work out their issues trapped in this room. Like, it's like, like a breakfast club. Type of deal yes, or but not like the not with the writing that they give Jesus, like, and the fact that his name is Jesus. But, but just that he ruins any sort of discretion that there could possibly be. Any sort of discretion, but I mean, I honestly, I will honestly say that there were like maybe two or three things speeches Jesus was giving where I was I actually felt kind of you know connected to them. I did too, and, and he was he was very. It's a very 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 biblical movie and they I agree like I said they they want you to use this movie as evangelism and outreach so they hit all I mean all of the major topics that usually come up that people like to ask about when they're asking about Christianity all of them uh, literally we, we talk about um, predestination we talk about why does God allow war we talk about why does God allow pain we talk about God's grace. We talk about, well, is God just trying to blackmail us? We talk about why is there a hell? Um, we talk about being unequally yoked to a different person that you're they're trying to get married with. Very specific. We talk about suicide for mm -hmm. a good chunk of the movie. Uh, a couple of the characters tried to commit suicide, and we talk about that. Also, he touches on abortion a little bit. Yes, we talk about abortion. We talk about um, God bringing death upon uh, so many of his people Genocide. in the Old Testament, all of that stuff. Uh, i got a clip um, where Kayla opens up. About... Kayla is the young girl who was hitchhiking. Yes. She opens up about her suicide attempt, and, and Jesus tries to explain why he did uh, what he did, how he intervened in her life Just when to she clarify, tried to commit suicide. I don't think they speak in this quote about her stepfather, am I right? Yes. They do they or do. they do not? Yeah. They explain what he... Yes. His impact on her. Well... No, they don't. What do you mean? Well, just play the clip. Okay. And then we'll go from there. Where were you then? I was shouting into his mind and his conscience to stop and stop. I was there in the bathroom. Father to stumble 
that made him reconsider the prospect of keeping a loaded gun in his pocket. So he removed the clip and unknowingly saved your life. So there you go. Jesus talking about how uh, Kayla's stepfather basically had a gun in his pocket and the, the night before Kayla tried to kill herself, he... He tripped and decided to take the clip out of the gun. So when Kayla picked up that gun, she didn't actually kill herself. God was answering that prayer and how if Kayla had committed suicide that night, she would not have gotten to heaven, basically. So they're saying. very clear about that, basically, is that if you're wondering what the stance is, that if you, if not to get all serious on this podcast, but... Apparently, the stance is that if you kill yourself, you go to hell, and you do not get to meet Jesus. See, I don't think it was saying that. I think it was just saying she was not a Christian at that time, and she had not met Jesus yet. Oh, that's possible. I guess that's possible, but I heard it the other way. I heard if you kill yourself, you're going to hell. Interesting debate. I mean, like I said, they hit on just about every issue you can think of. uh, Oh, speaking of issues... You should know Jesus is pro jail, according to this movie. He's a big fan of jail. What they did, what you didn't hear in that clip, was that Kayla's stepfather was abusing her, um, and he says something along the lines of like, "She's like, what's gonna happen to him?" And she's, he's like, "He's gonna go to jail and think about what he's done and blah blah blah." So Jesus is pro jail, apparently. And uh, one of the issues that I didn't say that we talked about was uh, Catherine, uh, the the wife who wants to leave the husband. Catherine. She says... Um, Catherine is a bunch of sass. She says, um, well, I am a Christian. I even teach Ooh. Sunday school. Oh, that was good. Are you, She goes, are you saying that I'm not a Christian? Right. She gets really offended. I mean, that would be... Uh, that's probably an issue that goes up in people's heads when they're watching uh, this evangelistic movie. So yes. we hit on that cliché. Uh, I have in my notes, somebody said, I, I I don't know if it was her, if it was Crusher, that says, Jesus, if that is your real name. Uh, that was probably Crusher. It probably was. He's the one, he's very cynical of Jesus this whole time. He is, he, he basically comes in and comments after everyone else has their touching moment with Jesus, very sarcastically, uh, talking about how everyone is so foolish for thinking this guy is really Jesus. He, be- he bears the weight of all the... Um, the negativity in this movie. He's the devil's advocate uh, in a way uh, that really gets hammered in uh, later on. So I guess we can get to that, uh, how the movie kind of wraps up. Um, You know, all of these people, they all make a connection with Jesus, basically. Everyone except Crusher. Even, by even poor Catherine, the wife, the sassy wife. Yeah. They, she decides that she's going to stay with her husband, and he's still just pitiful. He never never really smiles or even gets excited. Even in the excited. end, he is just pitiful. It's pretty sad. Like, I don't like him at all. No. I, I just want to tell him to just grow a pair. Jesus brings... Jesus should have told him to grow a pair, but whatever. He does bring their food, though, uh, finally. We talked about that, but he does feed them eventually. Uh, and he gets to talking to Crusher. He gives Crusher this rare steak that he wanted. And Crusher says he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to eat it. He says, not for me. Yeah. And Jesus is just, he's trying to basically, you know, t- reach his heart. Uh, and it's very obvious. It's very obvious that the food is Jesus. 
The food is salvation. Like, they're not even trying to play right now. Oh, so I didn't, really, I didn't, eating the bread. Are you serious? I didn't get that. I didn't he think gives that. him the plate, and he's like, this is this is exactly the kind of food you love. It's so good. This is exactly what will satisfy ah. you. And he's like, he just pushes away and goes, not for me. See, so, obviously, are, the food is Jesus. I guess there are some little things that you wouldn't necessarily pick up on. Subtle things. Maybe you were just paying Maybe attention. I just wasn't paying attention. Uh, but, so, Sting starts telling his life story. And uh, you know, his, um, his grandmother was a Christian. And, and he talks about... He, uh, she made everything with love. Yes, and she uh, babysat him and, and fed him pie. And they show this weird flashback where the yes, grandmother weird. is petting him and humming over oh, no, him so, yes. as he eats the pie. And she's just going... Mm-hmm. Also, in this clip, I want to clarify that the, the grandma is like super white looking. And the little boy looks like he could be like Native American yes. slash Japanese. I guess the um, grandmother could so be. So Sting doesn't look like that at all, in case yeah. you don't know what he looks like. And and they do like a ghost of Christmas past, and you're oh, in the flashback. Right. You're in the flashback. You're watching the little boy and the grandma, yes. and then Sting walks through, and is just standing there staring at his younger self like we are in the Christmas Carol. That was fantastic. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, I did see that coming. Of course I saw that coming. Of course I knew it was going to happen, and it did. Uh, so basically... He decides he's not going to have anything to do with Jesus. Uh, when all of a sudden, all of a sudden, our friend, the law officer, uh, the policeman from the beginning of the movie, bursts into the diner with about 10 minutes left in the movie. And, uh, you know, the storm is raging outside and he reappears. Um, and he says, hey, the, the road's back open. I uh, came to get you guys and let you know you can leave now. Uh, and Jesus warns them not to go. He says that the police officer is a liar. Um, but, well, Sting, Crusher Cruschetti, decides he's gonna, he's ready to go. He's ready to get out of here. Doesn't uh, want anything to do with Jesus. No, he's ready to get back on the road, get back to where he's going. He's got a sales meeting to go to, to, to franchise even more stores. And uh, here is... Wait, before fantastic clip. Okay. before this clip, he looks, the officer looks at Jesus and goes, he goes, it's you and me, baby. That's one for me. Oh, I've got that. That's in here. Oh, it is? I'm yeah. so sorry. It's okay. Oh, You'll no. hear it. Uh, I just thought that was fantastic. Officer DeVille, who looks like um, a poor man's Ron Swanson, kind of talks like <laughs> a deep voice, uh, and, and Crusher Cushetti getting ready to leave the diner behind. And I... I don't think you should go. Can I get an escort? Absolutely. Just follow me. It's you and me, baby. (laughs) That's one for me. For set free. So if you couldn't quite hear that, that was the that was Officer Deville saying, "That's one for me." And when he says that, Jesus looks up, glares at him, and does a he like points his finger at him like he's <laughs> freaking Harry Potter, Harry Potter or move. And 
Well, it's more like a Darth Vader thing. It's like true. the devil acts like, like he's choking. It was right like then. his whole hand. It was more like Darth Vader. Oh, I just spoiled it. <laughs> Excuse me. You did. I, I was talking say. over you. It's okay. Yeah. Officer DeVille starts choking, and Jesus says, That's four set free. So he gets the four, and Officer DeVille gets the one. And if you haven't figured it out yet, Officer DeVille is the devil. Literally spelled. And and at the end of the movie, my favorite part is that all of the dumb people in this diner haven't figured it out by now. But at the very end, they like make the connection of who Officer DeVille was. And one of them goes, DeVille. D-E-V-I-L-L-E. No, she said, DeVille. D-E-V-I-L. L-E. <laughs> she paused for that. Excuse me In case for you my incorrect interpretation. <laughs> well, Officer DeVille, he gets in his police car and Sting gets in there behind him and they start rolling down the road and Officer DeVille is cackling. <laughs> and he looks no, in no, his... No, okay. He looks in his rear view mirror and he holds up the devil horns, like the rock and roll sign. He holds that up in the rear view mirror and they cut back to Sting in his car and he looks up and he holds up the devil horns, and they're smiling. Like rocking out. And they're all just they're both just laughing. And it's then so we just cut up weird. to this blood moon and they don't I didn't hear a car crash. They do not but, show the car crash. But they you just can show tell. them just driving down foggy Foggy dirt roads. Yeah, something happens bad for Crusher Cushetti. Uh, we cut back to the diner. Jesus sends these people on their way. Uh, and they get back on the road. It's uh, And when they get back on the road, they drive back the same way they came. And they hit another police officer who's still at this roadblock, blocking off the road uh, because this storm has damaged the road. And they get out and say, hey, can we get on this road? He says, no, it's not clear yet. Uh, and they say, well, Officer DeVille told us it was. And he says, oh, Officer DeVille, no one like that works for this police force. And yeah, they find out, oh, that's what that meant. And he says, but then they say, oh, well, who was that that came into the diner? And the police officer says, what diner? Hmm. And they said, you know, the last chance diner. And he says, I'm sorry, y'all must be mistaken. That diner hasn't been there for 50 years. And they all just go, oh. And they all, they ask about what happened to Crusher. And he tells them, you know, he got in this wreck. And none of them react. None of them care. None of them are sad. They're just like, oh, okay. Oh, well, I guess he died. Uh, and... Catherine and Hank go drive back in the daytime. That's the married couple. Yes, the married couple, and they see that there was no diner there. It's just this empty plot of land. Um, and just, I don't know, I guess they're just all going to be okay after this, after Jesus uh, <laughs> talked to them. Uh, then finally, there's a scene. Um, oh, God. One last scene. We cut to this some scene. island resort, and we see... Uh, the man I was talking to you about at the very beginning, David A.R. White, he's sitting there in this you diner. You don't know that. Uh, he's just a man sitting at a table. He's just a man sitting at a table, and he... Which looks like they're in the Caribbean, or yes, like very Hawaii. very fancy diner, or no, excuse me, restaurant like a cafe. at a hotel. And um, he asks, so what's good here, or something? And we see the waiter come up, and of, of course. course, it's Jesus. 
And they don't like say it's Jesus, but it's he doesn't the same have his actor. name tag on this time, no. Um, which apparently, I guess Jesus only shows up in restaurants. Um, I guess that's the best way to find Jesus. Well, we have heard. Well, I don't know if that's true. Well, there are sequels. I mean, this is that was a tease, and there is an Encounter Two that is on Netflix that we may have to hit sometime. I mean, what do you think, Kate? Do you think this? Uh, do you think this is an effective? way to evangelize people to to spread the gospel do you think this movie does a good job of that um i think honestly if you want me to be honest i think that it works well for people who already are exposed to the gospel maybe i was gonna say the opposite you were gonna say people that know nothing about it yes so that they don't find it cheesy yeah, so it's not a bunch of things they've already heard over and okay, over again. Okay, then maybe you're right. But then again, then again, a lot of the stuff he references, like, it's blatantly obvious to people who know what he's referencing and he's talking about. Uh-huh. But if you don't know what he's talking about, it kind of means nothing. Yeah, I think I wrote something similar like, to that. the whole bread thing? In my Like, nose. what? If I didn't know, like, the story of feeding the 5,000, like, that wouldn't make any sense to me. Or the right. water... Like, you don't know the scripture about, like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I wrote, was... like, taken out of context, that this would be the creepiest thing ever. This guy just basically lured all these people into his yeah. diner and explained everything about their lives. Which I guess is what people who don't believe think about Christianity. Jeez. I mean, yeah. they probably do think it's the creepiest thing ever. And this would feel, maybe this would feel like secretly an SVU episode where Jesus is the killer. But, I mean, I don't know. I think um, I was reading through a bunch of comments uh, on, uh, I I don't know if it was IMDb or something. A lot of people have been, uh, talked about their being touched by this movie and being saved because of this movie. So, yeah, I mean, kudos for that. And like I said, I want to champion these people out there that are making faith-based movies. And I think there is a good story here. Like, could be a good story, almost like a Crash, that movie Crash. or, or I like stories where it's a bunch of random people all coming together uh, for one sort of thing. Or, or it was kind of like a breakfast club kind of thing where all these people deal with their issues. I think that's a good idea for a faith-based movie. But to have it be so blatant and so obvious about I'm just every not a fan of that. analogy and every story, was it was hard to watch at times. Like That, to me, is what made it seem like a church play. Mm-hmm. Like the drama team at church doing a play. Like, it would be perfect for that, I think. Actually, that's exactly what I think it is. I don't think... And, and, and I don't think that church plays are used so much for evangelism as they are for, like, maybe speaking to people, like, in the movie, like, um... Like Catherine, mm-hmm. the one who's like, I teach Sunday school, but she, like, wants to leave her husband and all that, yeah. you know? Yeah, That's why I was saying that I think it's more for people who are a little bit exposed to Christianity, mm-hmm. but have, like, pulled away. And I they're just so. over it. That might, yeah. I think that might be a better it way made me think of like it. it. made me think of, like, young life kids who grew up in the church. Yeah. And they're just, like, over it. But, but like, we both said, there are a lot of things that Jesus says, says in this movie that even for us, like, really hits your heart. Like, they're good things that he says. He talks about, like, how... Your, if your desire for joy, the, like, the stronger your desire for joy is, the stronger your will will be, your desire to bend to my will will be. And, like, I mean, a lot of really impactful things. 
So it's not just surfacey. Yeah, he said there was one line where he's talking about um, where they were wondering why they would be on this uh, painful path, and he said, "Well, I didn't put you on the path; I saved you from that path." And I thought yeah. that's a really—I mean—that was a really good uh, way to put that, uh, a good analogy, a good uh, way to describe you know, how Jesus. Uh, saves us uh, from our pain and our struggles instead of putting them in front of us. So, yeah, it, I think it could make for a really good play or something like that to, to reach up inside of a church. So, Or like something like Young Life or something. Mm-hmm. Like it could. It could. Like an outreach ministry. But then again, Young Life's different. We know. I'm thinking about my kids who actually grew up in the church. And maybe not have Jesus wear a name tag that says maybe Jesus. Maybe just hint at that. Maybe make him more attractive. Maybe hire the guy that plays Luke Day. And you really want a hot girls. Jesus. I mean, I do. But maybe it's good. That the, maybe it's good. I didn't know that it says that in the Bible, but it says he's not attractive. But maybe that was it a good thing. It says he's nondescript, that he would just like was just like every other guy. Uh, what kind there of was actor, nothing special what kind of actor about do him. you think would play Jesus? What kind of actor? Well, I mean... It's it's like not he's not actor? the traditional he's not like Passion of the Christ Jesus not long hair bearded he's just tell me what dying. kind of tell me an actor that you think would be a good nondescript Jesus Paul Giamatti just oh lord <laughs> no just everyday regular dude well then um okay sure I just prefer a hot Jesus there you Sorry. go fair enough and we'll leave it on that. Uh, do you think Jesus should be hotter? Uh, have you seen this movie? What did you think of it? Would you watch it? Would you recommend it? Uh, we would recommend it in limited cases, uh, certain situations. Uh, and there are some good laughs in there. Uh, and if you've ever wondered if Sting can act, uh, I think it's worth uh, seeing for that. So yes. wouldn't be the worst thing you've ever watched, but uh, there are probably some better things out there as well. So. This has been What Would Jesus Watch? Uh, let us know what you think. Leave us a comment. Give us some feedback. I'm at Alex Dorio, D-O-R-I-O-T, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And Kate is at Kate Dorio, D-O-R-I-O-T, on all of those same social media platforms. Alex is a Dorio on Instagram, weren't you? No. Alex oh, no. Dorio. Change it all. Yeah. Uh, we got a Facebook page for What Would Jesus Watch? And we are now officially on Twitter at WWJWPod. That's at WWJWPod. So we'd love for you to follow along on there so you can see what our next movies are going to be and when the new episodes go up. And as for that next episode, we're going to be watching Noah, the movie from 2014 starring Russell Crowe and Emma Watson telling one of the most famous Bible stories of all time, a controversial movie, and one that you really, it'll really benefit you if you are able to watch it, if you haven't seen it yet, before we do the next episode. Uh, it'll be a lot more fun uh, if you've seen the movie already and you can follow along with what we're talking about. And that one's on Netflix right now, I believe. It's also on Amazon Prime and a bunch of other streaming services, so you can watch that one uh, before next week's episode where we watch Noah. Okay. What did we miss on The Encounter? Have you seen it yet? Go and watch that one on Netflix. See what we're talking about. Tell us what you think about it. And tell us what movies you want to see us discuss on this podcast. We want to hear your input. So let us know on all those different social media channels. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Tell us what we can do different. Tell us what you'd like to hear. 
uh, tell us uh, who you think would make a really hot Jesus. All right, we'll see you next time on What Would Jesus Watch? Thanks for listening.